the Bowenheads Football and Netball Club, and the Beach House at Bowenheads are very proud to bring you episode 17 of The Tree on the Wing. Sometimes in the story of the tree on the wing, we get to speak with someone who was completely falling in love with bow and heads and competing in the ballerine. Our guest in this episode is just such a character. He first walked into bow and heads before he'd made a commitment to play for the club, and but for the hesitance of his previous club to grant him a clearance, he may well have found himself playing on the other side of the river. The persistence of his tradie workmates to see him in the two blues brought Wayne Corns to the Bowenheads Football and Netball Club. A love affair was consummated and having never played a game for them, he became instantly despised as a traitor to the Grubbers faithful. From one of the country's leading football families, Wayne has spent almost 50 years as a player, selector, committeeman, junior coach and sponsor and is widely regarded throughout the Ballerine as one of the club's most recognisable and popular personalities. It is clear from this conversation that Bowen Heads Football and Netball Club means a lot to Wayne and his passion for the game and the club hasn't faltered after so many years. We hope that you'll enjoy our chat with Wayne Corns. G'day everybody and welcome to the Tree on the Wing. I am Teddy Donnell and I am joined tonight at the Beach House in Bowen Heads, finally after a very long break, by the man about town, the man who is now a an official storyteller. He had his storytelling debut the other day, which I couldn't believe was considered a debut, given that he's been wrapping bullshit around bullshit for years and years and years. And he was at the winery over at Kerr Lewis. I'll let him tell a story. Russell, Nipper Highland. How are you, Nip? Yeah, I'm well, Teddy. I was trying to work out where you were going with that. I did make my debut in front of, I think it was about 75 people one Saturday afternoon. It was World Gin Day. My good friend Sam Murray, who owns One Day Estate Winery and... Uh, function event centre um, is a very great supporter of the Trail yeah, the Wings. Yeah, he is uh, sponsor of the Bowenheads Footy Club, and he um, he's got his own gin that he makes. And um, we um, got together, him and I, and um, came up with the idea for the label and the story behind it and all that sort of thing. It's a bit of a long story. I'll tell it on another occasion. But I got up and told how the um, gin idea came about, how it was named after one of Bowenheads's. Founding Fathers, the great Ewing Bly, who um, is uh, ironic that uh, the road named after him uh, links in with our guest tonight, Teddy. It does, it does indeed. So our guest tonight, do you you organise the guest? Would you like to introduce him? Yeah, well, um, he's a great fella. I played a lot of football with him. Watched Both him play did. a lot of footy. Yeah, we did. He uh, he did, as I said, lived up the road from the Bowenheads Hotel in Ewing Bly Drive. We've got the great man... Tonight, the famous number eight from the 70s and 80s, Wayne Corns. How are you, Cornsy? Yeah, good, thanks, Nipper. Thank you. Great to have you, mate. Good to be here. 
It is great to have you here. It's, it's actually been, we've had a false start on this. We organised Cornsy to be here a few weeks ago before the f- last lockdown, I yeah, think. And he was, and, he was uh, here. He was here and so was Nipper and um, I got a phone call to say my son had broken his ankle at footy training and I had to go there. As it turned out, it was a false alarm, it wasn't broken, but I still spent several hours in, well, I ended up at St John of God and actually paying for emergency because the, the line at the hospital was unbelievable. So didn't get to come over, and so then we've had a lockdown, and finally we're here. Welcome aboard, Cornsy. It's great mm. to have you here. Thank you, Teddy. Absolutely. I've actually been looking forward to this because you, you, <laughs> when when I first started playing senior footy, you might not even remember this, but you took me under under your wing, and I've always really appreciated the mentoring you gave me as a as a senior footballer. I don't know if I turned out the way you thought I might when I started, but I really appreciated the fact that you took your time to just walk me around how to be a bloke in a bloke's environment when I, um, I, just when think, I first started. Just on that, Teddy, I just think that's the role <clears throat> of any senior player, especially when a junior player comes into a senior position. He's, he, his head's in a different space than what a, a player that's played a few years is. And I think it's, it's the role of any senior player, I think, to make them feel at ease involved get them involved in the in the senior group the playing group because they're basically even though they're the same team and in the same club they're still consider themselves as an outsider you've got to break the ice look at you get it back in spades on on what was always in the back of my mind is the sad day you get that back in spades on the sad day for for game day that he's playing his good role and he feels comfortable in the senior role Oh yeah, I, th- I just think that's a minimum. It's a great point that Cornsey makes that something that is spoken a lot of at the Bowen Heads Footy Club now, and it's being inclusive, being welcoming to anyone in the club. And I mean, it's been going on for years that they just actually didn't have titles. Yeah, to it wasn't it written down, was it? Wasn't it? written down in writing. It was just something that good blokes did, and obviously Cornsey now everything did that. has to be a policy. Whereas yes. once upon a time, it was just a fact of life and blokes did it and good clubs had blokes who did it and yeah that was one that was your role if you felt like you that's one you had to fulfill with me at least you did a really great job yeah well no one actually pulled me aside teddy and said look corns this is your role and you you probably just i just took it upon myself yeah kids the kids are a kid yep you know they've got the talent and that's one thing and to be part of a team is another. Actually, that group of blokes, that, that was a fantastic group of blokes. That's that 1982 team when Terry Walsh's first year. Yeah. You know, there's some pretty... Handy some, players. And, and, and guys that I've still got really good relationships with years and years later, and even John Downey turned up at the footy club. He remembered all you guys. He didn't remember me, but I remembered him. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't go. play much footy. I only played one or two games in that season, yeah. but I yeah. trained with everyone and... You know, and everyone was really inclusive and mm. really it was impo- seemed important to the older guys that that, that happened. We, we didn't win premierships in Teddy, but we figured pr- prominently in finals games mm. consistently. Yeah. But unfortunately, we, we, we never got to a, to, to a premiership in that period. Hey, we'll get to that. We'll come to that. <clears throat> so before we do, we've, we've probably broken the ice a little bit with you, but we, we always have our icebreaker. Nippy, you're going to have to write these down. So yeah, I, yeah, I am. Paper I'm, just, I'm just dipping, so, dipping my pen in ink. 
We always have our icebreaker, which is two truths and a lie. I'm told by Nipper that you, he'd let you know that you had to do that, and I'm told by you that you've done it. So, Conzie, what are your two truths and a lie for Yeah, they have to be in any order, Teddy. You just... No, no, okay. we're, we're not supposed Number to know one. which one's the truth. Okay. Number, Number one, one, I was captain of Bowen Heads at some period of my career. Number two, I've t- kicked ten goals in a game. Number three, I was born in Lawn. Do you have to guess that? Later on. Right. We'll come to that later. We, we need a bit of thinking time about that. <laughs> um, I, I usually got a fair bit of an idea, but I don't know about usually, this one. Sometimes, sometimes the person will tell us that, will lead us into one of them and work, <clears throat> will help us work You're it on out. on your own, fellas. Uh, <laughs> I think we might be, yeah. Yep, no good. Nah, no. we'll have to think about it. All right, let him go. Cornsy, the first question we always asked everybody, how did you end up at the Barwon Heads Footy Club? It was a bit of a journey, Teddy. I, um, a couple of mates and I rented a, a unit in Ocean Grove. We were, I was playing GFL, which was Evelyn Hurst back, back in the day. And Who we, were you playing for? Uh, Blue West. Mm-hmm. We won a premiership there mm-hmm. in 71, beat St Mary's. Yep. And Who were the famous names playing in there then? Blue West. Yeah. Uh, Mel Winter. Yeah. Uh, Donnie Tannis. Uh, Hick yeah. Lee. Yeah. Noel Shell oh, was yeah. an Ocean Grove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Noel, Noel kicked three or four goals in the in that oh, premiership right. well, side. Did you kick ten? Uh-uh. <laughs> I <No>. have. It's not that hard. The Eddies, any of the Eddies in there? Thing? Yeah, Ross, Ross Owen, Eddie. yeah, Barry. Yep. Actually, I think Ross might have been too young to okay. uh, Nipper. Yeah. Um, Mel. Mal was definitely too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. the youngest, I think. Um, um, no, yeah, it was it was Barry and Owen. What about um, definitely Jeff McMahon? Did you play with him? No, no, I know Jeff pretty Gavin well. Gavin Welsh. Yeah. Um, we had a, a core. We we were pretty successful under 18s. We had five or six. Back in that day, Donnie Tannis was the coach. If you played well in the under 18s, he would drag you, and then put you on the bench because it was 19th and 20th yeah, for the yeah. senior game. And no matter what, if there was injured, you come on, of course. Yeah. The last quarter, you always played oh, a junior player in the last oh, wow. quarter, barring injuries. So that when there was a, like a transition period, yeah. so when we were old enough to go out of under 18 in the senior, we sort of had that feeling about playing <laughs> against men. Yeah. Before we actually played against men yeah. uh, at week to week basis. And I suppose, like what you touched on before with yeah. Teddy, that sense of belonging because you've already been there as a young bloke. And true. Yeah. True. And, and then Donnie Tennis ended up winning a premiership for uh, Blue West in 71. Wow. So we were in a unit down at uh, Ocean Grove. Um, so we thought we'd play for you know, a local team. Oh, God. So we went and actually trained. There was a couple of us that trained at Ocean Grove. Wow. And it just didn't get the right rapport there at that club. Yeah. Um, they wanted, yeah, it was just certain things. So 
the club said to me, look, we'll give you a clearance if you come back and play for 12 months and then we'll clear. But in that period of time I went back for 12 months, I got to know Graham Bly. Yep, yep. Terry Lindsay. Right. Two right. plumbers that work yeah. in, as partners. Yep. And constantly, whenever we saw each other on the job, bowing heads this, bowing heads that, bowing yeah. heads this. So... So were you... Were you laying roof tiles then? Yep. Yep. Yeah. With Dad. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. And I suppose those two blokes, Terry Lindsay and Graham Bly, their fathers were really instrumental in the executive of the Barmanheads Footy Club. That was the link. Yeah. Tippy Definitely. and Alwyn were, yeah, either presidents or vice presidents or something or other. So yeah. the last premiership that Barmanheads won in the 70s, the 74? 74. 74. Mm-hmm. We missed the finals at, in Evelyn Hurst. So yep. I came... I tried, because you, you just loved footy back yeah. then. So I came down and trained during the finals. Oh, wow. At Bowen Heads. Yeah. Just got the feel of it. It was just... I was just unreal. So yeah. I just got to know a few guys. But what I didn't anticipate... So I got that clearance. Yeah, yeah. What I didn't anticipate was how unique the Bellarine comp compared to the Evelyn Hurst was because obviously we had netball in here, but we didn't have netball... It's part of the club. Mm. Like, it's just... We would play seconds and seniors at a ground in yeah. Evelyn Hurst. And you'd get a couple of parents, a few trainers. Yep, yep. And, that, and a couple of dogs running around. Mm-hmm. You come to Ballerine, it's a whole different environment. I've walked out, the first game, I think, was uh, against Ocean Grove. And, of course... I'd already trained now. And I was number one. <laughs> but he already hated you. I was a trader before I'd even played a game. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I had the audacity to go to Bar and Heads yeah. and after training with them initially. It was like going into the finals. There was that yeah. many people. Cause I, and it took me a couple of weeks to really work out that the netball girls were all there, the under-15s, the under-18s, seconds and seniors, all yeah. playing at the same yeah. And that was that town against town environment. Yeah. You, you just don't have a connection to in, no. in it. Uh, the, the great footy in GFL, don't yep. get me wrong. Yep. Great footy. The training is a lesser tempo down the Bellarine. I picked yep. up on straight away. It's not as hard, even back then. Yeah. But I just fell in love. You play footy because you love it. Mm. I just fell in love with the Bellarine environment. It was just so unique. Yeah, yeah. And now you see what's happening in there. They've, the, most of the clubs now have got their own netball yeah, teams. Yeah, well, yeah. back then they didn't. No. Netball was played, of course, yeah. but it wasn't part of the footy and netball club. Yeah, no, that's right, yeah. Nothing like it was at Ballerine. You know well, what I'm talking the, about, the, No, yeah, well, the, um, yeah. The netball's been going as long as the Ballerine's been going, so Definitely. 50, 50 Definitely. years. Whereas GFL, I think it only started about 20 years ago. Yeah, it did. When AFL Barnes started. Yeah. I and know that, and, for a and fact. And I think it was because all the really good netballers from in Geelong were all coming, coming down, down here to play in Ballerine. Because, yeah. you know... Um, yeah. Look, yeah. And it, look, forget about the standard. It's not... I, I kept hearing all the time whoever was w- winning games back then in the Ballerine, oh, they should be in GFL. Mm. I knew... I knew without saying anything, they weren't. They were never going to do any success yeah, in, in yeah. the GFL. Just enjoy the Ballerine League. Yeah. And, you know, grasp it for what it is because it's just a different environment. I heard an interview uh, that Kingy did on K-Rock yep. with Les Ash. 
oh, yeah. where he talked about the formulation of the Ballerine Footy League and they had to have netball involved in it. He went up on the Ovens and Murray or up the country leagues yeah. and he saw that town against town, netballers, footballers, it's a day out for the family, everyone goes, the kids go, mum and dad go, mum and dad play footy, the kids play footy. It was, and he said that was the that was where he saw the element of success for for Ballerine Footy, and that's exactly what happened. And, and he yeah. brought it back and said we have to do that. And then the other thing you were talking about, Cornsy, was the standard, and and the, he he was one of his hardest. Les Ash said one of his hardest days in his life that he voted totally against, and it was for Leopold to go into the GFL. And he was heartbroken when it happened. And you're right, because it took him 20 years just to get established in there. More than 20 years to win a premiership. They've only won one in there. They play finals reasonably regularly now. And when they did win a premiership, it was under a ballerine coach. So the thing you've you're noticed about it is the thing that was meant to be. That's what, that's what it was intended to happen. Look, I, yeah, once once I tasted it, there, there was no incentive to go back to GFL. It, yeah. Definitely, if you wanted to play good footy. But I was at the stage where, you know, like you just loved it. Mm. And that... Oh, I don't know. Even today, I, I hope that it's that town against town that these current players enjoy. Yep. You know, I, I, I'm probably a little bit tunnel vision that I enjoyed thinking everyone else does. Yeah. I mean, if you only... Anyone who was at the Battle of the Bridge earlier this year at Bowen Heads, mm. it's, just, it's yeah. still there. Yeah. There's a little yeah. story, to, by the by. Deja vu with Timmy Armstrong. Timmy was a plumber and... Still is, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, he's a plumber, sorry. <laughs> he... I, caught up with him on a couple of sites and, and and it was a bit of deja vu I was playing the role of Graham Bly yeah. against a young bloke right. uh, Timmy Armstrong yep. and trying to entice him in, in, into yeah. the ballerina and obviously to the bar and his yeah. footy club yep. and, and I don't know if he remembers that but I was always into his ear for what <laughs> Terry and, uh, and Terry Lindsay and Graham yeah. Bly like, yeah. yeah so well, it was a good asset to get him Bloody oath. He's been a great club man. So who was the coach of the footy club when you first got here? Uh, I'll tell you who was it. It was Peter Lindsay. Pete Lindsay, yeah. Yeah, and I played under uh, Joey. So yeah. that's 75, is it? 70? Yeah, I'd have yeah. to look. I'd have, look, I'd have to refresh that. I couldn't think of what years they were, Teddy. Mm. Um, Marshy definitely coached in 74. Noel, Noel Mullins. Yeah, yeah. Um, Phil Mannerick. A bloke called Phil Peter Manorick. Peter, Peter Manorick. Sorry. He was the one that went to Bali mid-year, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah I had that conversation on the weekend with someone there. <laughs> Couldn't believe that. Yeah. That's why yeah. Alan Fry, one of Alan Fry's Two Truths and a Lie, was, was that he had served at the same time as senior coach, reserves coach and president. Yeah. <laughs> because he was president of the club, he was coaching the reserves, Peter Manorick went away and he had to coach the seniors. There was Johnny Dunn. <coughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Lee Crawford. Yeah. Which I was really disappointed to see Lee because he was playing coach. Yeah. Um, he only went there for 12 months and he brought a lot of tactics and yeah. to, the, to the game. Yeah, he was a good Mary's, didn't he? 
Yeah, we played at Geelong. Yeah, uh, we did too, yeah. yeah. Um, and like getting bashed up, getting the ball in the centre, and you turn around and you got a bloke that's six foot seven, yeah. you just lob it down forward. Uh, you know, there's nothing worse than getting bashed up, getting the ball out of the centre, and there's no one leading for you. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. with uh, Lee, and he was, we were just getting used to the style of play that he wanted us to play, yeah. and he only stayed 12 months. So uh, I was a bit disappointed to yeah. see him um, die. Graham Langsworth. Yep, he Langer. Was coach, yeah, yeah, Langer. He yep. was, wasn't a bad coach, was he? He was a good coach. Yeah. yeah. Good handy, another handy bloke to have up forward when yeah. you're driving it up there. Had some Johnny Dunn was exceptional, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I made my debut under Dunny, and yeah, well, I mean, he was a thinking man. Best coach. coach I had as a yes. teenager. Yeah. The only coach I had as a teenager. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, he gave me my first opportunity, which was really good. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, he was great. He's very wise. And Chucky, Chucky Walsh, Cherry Walsh, great. And he 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 was just ruthless. Like you you felt like running through brick walls for Chuck. Um, look. I don't, I don't pretend to be pretentious or, or precious. You, you, if you do something wrong, you cop it on the chin, and 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 that he was a man's man. There's no worries. He, Paul and, and Gary, his his two boys, and that's how they rolled. You know, yeah. like I just reckon there's. I was on the committee for a certain period of time, and and, and some of the guys that you tried to recruit. You, my goodness, you know, like they are a little bit precious, you mm. know. Get out there and prove how good you. Don't tell me how good you are. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you make a mistake, that's I don't, I don't care. But you're trying, yeah. and that's how Terry was. If 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 you if you were trying but you it didn't come off, he he, he wouldn't bag you. Mm. You know, he knew that it was going to happen. So, mm. no, he, I've, I've got a lot of raps for Terry. We should have won a grand final with Terry. That, that side was pretty good that year, wasn't it? Yeah, well, look, it's still, it's still burning deep, that one uh, we lost against Port Arlington. Uh, one of the semis that we lost against Port Arlington at yeah. Queenscliff. Mm. Yeah. We, had, we had more scoring shots <clears throat> and, and lost the game yeah. for about five points or something. Mm. And we had decided to go right. But anyway, there's probably a hundred stories like that, Teddy, in, yeah, yeah. in, in the leagues. And we, if we were good enough, we, we were. Well, we thought we were good enough. We had a ripping side, like tough, good players. Um, see, Watto's in, in 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 the news lately. He's had got to have to be the best player that I played. Now, he'd won about five or six best and fairest yeah, while I was yeah. at the club. Mm. Like yeah. he was just standing on bloke's shoulders one minute and. He'd be yeah. running around, picking the ball off, yeah. off the ground a, below his knees the next. Yeah, he was a fantastic, you yeah. know, on-baller, but he was just as fantastic as a forward, as a and small forward. And courageous, yeah. because oh. he was a targeted man. Like, yeah. he was that good. Yeah. And he never flinched. He had eyes on the ball, and yeah. and they was he was the bloke that everyone wanted to beat. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. I'd played a fair bit of footy with... With Gordon and saw him play before I played a, a fair bit. I can't remember him ever being in a fight because somebody mm. belted him and he belted him back. Yeah, he, yeah. He, 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 put him, he put his hands up in a fight. If a fight happened, he, totally. was, he yeah. put his hands up. But in, I never ever saw him give one back to someone. That's why because I say they, he's they used to whack him all the time, and he just yeah. put up with it. And that's why he's one of the toughest blokes. He just played his yeah. footy. Yeah. You'd never pick him. On a tra- off a training track, he didn't, uh, his uh, training was ordinary. Well, he didn't train a lot either. I remember. I remember he, he, he used would to turn go, up, Nipper. He'd go bush for the week, wouldn't he? He yeah. would turn up, 
but time and time again he performed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time and time again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, uh, I, I always remember he, he used to go. I don't know. He'd go up bush somewhere. Whether he'd go gold prospecting, which he does a bit of now, um, or fishing somewhere, fishing something or all like that. And they go, "Where's what? Well, what has got the week off? He's not training." But it was like he hadn't touched a football all week, and that's all he wanted to do on Saturday, and that's all he did. Mm. You know, just racked up possession after possession after possession. But uh, no, he was a fantastic player. Um, in that. Uh, well, throughout his whole career, yeah, which was probably about twenty years long, nearly. Yeah. Yeah. Where'd you grow up, Cornsy? Um, Teddy, we were all Victorians, um, and Dad moved to South Australia. I, I really can't remember too much of Victoria. I was, I was only young. We, Mum and my mum and, and my father broke up, and I was in a boys' home for I don't know how long. Graham was at um, Ibrido Grammar, and then it was must have been an ugly divorce. They never really spoke about it. We never really opened up about it, and he went to South Australia. So I grew up south of Adelaide, um, a place called Morpha Vale. Um, it's a racetrack there, yeah. isn't there? No, no, that's what everyone says to oh. me, Nipper. It's, that, that is Morfittville. Morfittville, oh, right. yeah. Morfittville, yeah. Morfittville, yeah. Morfittville. Morfittville. Morfittville and Morfittville. That's a postie's nightmare. Yeah, yeah that's right. We've so got different postcodes, Nip. <laughs> we grew up like a little house on the prairie. We lived in a garage for <laughs> two years before yeah. Dad built the house. He oh. built the garage. So we had no power. So Dad... We would listen to the to the um, oh, a crystal set. Yeah, he yeah, would. Yeah. We would they had two car batteries. He would charge one during the day, and that night we'd listen to the crystal set that evening. Wow! On the charge yeah. Yeah. and then he'd swap the batteries around for yeah. the next day. And we had ice for the fridge. Yeah, ice blocks. <laughs> wow! That was delivered by the ice man. So who was that? You and your dad. And Graham. Yeah, and Kim was born um, out there as well. In, yeah. In, in, uh, yeah in, Kim was born in the Brighton Hospital there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I, I went to uh, Renella Primary, which is uh, it's a bit like... Um, There's a borderline of Morphavara, Renella. So we used to walk the, the primary, like just walking from here to Bar- uh, Ocean Grove Primary. Yeah. Yep. And then I went to high school at Seacom High. And then I was really shattered because you get your licence in South Australia when you're 16. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dad moved back to Victoria um, when he was uh, when I was 15 years and nine months. Oh, so no. I had to wait until I was 18. Wow. I was gutted. So all your mates <laughs> in South Australia were all driving and you yeah. couldn't... Yeah, that's right. And it's wow. funny. Yeah, you just, you just can't let go when that happens. But, um, yeah, you, you just, mate, over a period of time... Yeah, you joined the local footy club, which was Blue West. We, mm. was, yep. we were living in Newtown. And it was just up the road, Shannon Avenue. Yep. I, I don't know how we ended up at Blue West. I think it's through, uh, I'm not sure. So, yeah, and then we... Did you go to school in Geelong at all? I went to Belmont High. Yeah. But only for about three months, Nipper. Right, And then um, I was never going to be an academic. <laughs> I got Dad put me down in the Gordon Tech for uh, wool classing. So oh, the yeah. next year we were, I went straight in and did wool yep. classing. We had friends in South Australia that moved up to Flinders Ranges at 
we were running a sheep station in the Flinders Range. Oh, yeah. And we used to, used to go up on the train from Adelaide and spend my school holidays. And I just loved it. And I think Dad could see that and put me down for a yeah. classing course okay. uh, in Geelong. So I only went to... Um, Belmont High for about three months. Did you complete the wool classing course? Yeah, it was yeah. a great era. Oh, I got, had a ball. Did you work a, as a wool classer? Didn't ever. I got my stencil, yeah. but never ever classed a shed. All the guys in my class, except about two or three, were from properties, and they all oh, had yeah. their own property yeah. to, to yeah. class, and a couple in the same district. Whereas we weren't off property, and... Part of the wool classing course, you go out and work in the sheds. You get marked on your performance and your working ethic in the shearing sheds. The contractor that I did the work said, when you finish, Wayne, I want to employ it. And I thought, well, rather than waiting around for a couple of months for a shed to class, we we weren't a rich family. I went straight out from a wool school and, and started wool pressing in the shearing sheds. And that... I would recommend that any kid, if he doesn't know what he's going to do at uni and he finishes um, high school, yeah. go and earn some good dollars, work hard, you're amongst men, and, and if you think you've got tickets on yourself, well, yeah. you'll think well, again after yeah. working in a shed full well, of shearers. Yeah. I, I thrived on it, and um, yeah, but I never ever classed a shed. But loved it. I'd, I'd do it all again tomorrow. Share, um, wool pressing, just pinning yeah. up you know, with this particular contractor. We were, you know, we were putting the shed, the sheep in the shed and in the catching pens for the shearers. And um, did you ever learn how to shear? Teddy, I wish you hadn't asked me that. Oh, really? It's called what they call in the shearing shed. It's called barrowing. Yeah. So, bef- every two hours you either have smoke on lunch or afternoon smoko and five minutes before that finishes you go to a hand you go to a stand you pick up the hand piece just to learn how to shear and if you don't get through the sheep in that five minutes that shearer got he's got his first sheep out of the pen before you know yeah, yeah. before he would normally yep so i learned to shear um but unfortunately the worst what was the worst thing that could happen when you're learning to shear T- just think for a sec one of the other shearers grabs you in a headlock and shaves your head no oh. you kill the animal oh no <laughs> <laughs> if you knew if you know shearing the first blow is down the belly yeah. underneath the arm yeah and I didn't realise, but I hooked the comb in the belly, and they just come off the wall, off the um, dam paddock, and you break out to the groin. So you bury your handpiece, and then you break out near the groin. Well, what I'd done, I'd ripped the, the, the skin of uh, the stomach from the armpit yeah. right to the groin, and hadn't realised. Because <laughs> the comb on the handpiece is, is wider. Yeah. And then... You would not believe what happened then. The intestine spilled out on the board. And I, I was 16 at the time. <laughs> you know what? I wish I hadn't asked you that now too. <laughs> you were 16. It got worse. Oh. I, I was in panic mode and the handpiece is still going and I was trying to gather the intestines and put it back in the stomach. And it was, it was, it was just making it worse. Cutting. Wow. So and then one of the shearers raced in and pulled the, the handpiece out of gear, the overhead gear. Yeah. So they stitched it up, but and then they put it, finished shearing it, put it in the pen, 
but within 20 minutes, it looked like a South Melbourne footy jumper. You know, when a sheep gets yeah. shorn, it's all yeah. white. Yeah, yeah. But all the internal bleeding made it red. Yeah, yeah. So it was red and white. Yeah. Oh. So they end up cutting its throat. So, yes, Teddy, so I did a, learn the shoe. She was a meat lamb, that one. Being was a, that the, was, that's not your first sheep, is it? No, no, it wasn't my first oh, one. Oh, so you'd done a few. Before, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Being a wool presser, you can imagine when you get to the shed, um, there's no wool because the shearers have only just started. Yeah. So you're, you're sitting around, walking around, helping with whatever shed activities you can. Yeah. One particular shed up at Witchy Proof, the shearer, one of the shearers never showed up. It was a five-stand shed and there's only four. The contractor asked me, Wayne, knew I could shear a bit. Would you mind just picking up a handpiece and shear it until they get enough wool in the bin and we can make a bale? Mm-hmm. Stupidly said yes, well... 50 sheep later, oh, I couldn't wait for that wool bin to fill up. Oh, yeah. it's got to be the hardest job in oh, Australia. Oh, absolutely. I yeah. can't imagine that there's oh, a harder yeah. job to do. Oh, that. my goodness. And I thought I was fit, you know, yeah. and I'd seen, and I knew how to shear, basic. Yeah. You know, you knew how to shear. Yeah. Nothing to get And you're st- still only 16, just pretty oh, young. 16, 17, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, as wow. I said, I finished that year and went straight into wool class. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. oh, look. And you did your wool classing at the Gordon? At the Gordon. Okay. Matt Goddard did wool classing, didn't he? Did he? I'm pretty sure he did. Okay. I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. Gubbo yeah. started, mm. but uh, he never... David. Yeah, yeah. Dave, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he never went, went on with it, though. He started it and give it away. Wow. There was two campuses, one at the showgrounds and, and one at the Gordon Tech. Yeah. And I think he started at the, uh, um, the showground campus. Oh, wow. There you go. That's interesting stuff, Cornsey. Very yeah. interesting. Um, I'll tell you what else I'm interested in, too. You mentioned about your family and um, growing up and all that sort of thing. You mentioned um, your older brother, Graham. He Graham played a bit of football. He's pretty, pretty well known in football circles. Um, what did he play? 400 games at the highest level. Um, coached at the highest level. Um, AFL legend, isn't he? Or something, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. He'd have to be in that sort of thing. That's a good story, too. Yeah, so he's got pretty good pedigree. And the top of the tree you got was premiership at Blue West and playing down here <laughs> with your mates at Bowen Ants. And loved it, Nipper. That's and good. That's good. Yeah. So Graham obviously stayed in South Australia when you guys came back. Yeah. What happened was when uh, Graham uh, was an academic, is an academic. Yeah. He won a scholarship with BHP to do industrial chemistry. Oh right. And um, at that time, Dad made the decision to come back to Victoria. He, he was um, living and working in Wyala, which yep. is a BHP. Yeah. <coughs> doing the industrial chemistry course. Uh, Dad didn't want to upset Graham's um, course because yep. he was going so well. So he was always going to f- finish the course and, and follow us to uh, Victoria. Right. Well, in the meantime, he didn't finish the course. Right. Glenelg got, he was playing for South Wyala. Yep. Or, I can't remember, South or North, I can't yep. remember. Same jumper as um, Sydney. Mm-hmm. Or at the time, yeah, South yeah. Melbourne. Yep. And he got... Um, recruited to uh, Glenelg in that period, so he never actually finished the industry. Yeah. And so he got, he, he had a career in football yeah. and never followed us over. That's how the family got separated. Yeah. I was devastated because even though we used to fly, fight like, you know, tooth and nail. Yeah. Um, What's the age difference between you and Graham? He's four years older. Four, yeah. yeah. 
Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, it was really, I really missed him because not being there, but anyway, it was great for him. But on the flip side of that, um, you played a lot of footy with your younger brother, Kim, yep. down here at Bowen Heath, so yep. that would have been special, you know. Yeah, like, my own. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we actually had a, uh, you know, the past players games that were being played yeah. there for a while. Yeah, yeah, Can yeah. you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I played yeah. in one of those. Him. Graham played him one of the, I yeah, remember the Graham three of us. We got permission from Ocean Grove. Yeah. Because he didn't really qualify, of course. Yeah. yeah. But they, they, they gave us permission for us to all play, which we'd never done. All three. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, that's age, the age yeah. difference was that much. Yeah. yeah. So that's a really important thing. Yeah, to definitely. Have in your lives, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. It was, oh, it was only a past players game. But, yeah. But still, you know, it was significant for us. Did we win? Oh, I think we did. I reckon we videoed it, and Jeff Nicholson stood on someone's head and took a mark. Yeah, and I remember yeah. your commentary. Sure as day follows night, Jeff Nicholson will take a hanger in the goal square in a past players game. Yes, yeah, he's, he's exciting to watch. He was. Yeah, and it, like, I really enjoyed playing with uh, playing footy with you and Kim because you know, just you always seemed to have everything under control. You know, in the, in the back getting back to what you alluded to earlier with, with um, the level that Graham played, yeah. you, you really there's a lot of sacrifices you've got oh, to make yeah. at, at, to get to that level. It's just uh, it's one thing having the, having the talent, and yeah. and the sacrifices Graham had made, I, I wasn't really prepared or good enough mm. for that matter either yeah. to, to to make. Um, yeah. So. You, you, oh, you take your head off to any player that yeah. plays well, I mean, the other, AFL. The other thing is that he's, he's pretty much sacrificed his family, hasn't he? You know, mm. As you say, he's only yep. young and he stayed over there and yep. everybody else has come back over here. So he's, he's on his Definitely. back alone yep. and, um, and he's you know, done all the right things and yeah, made well, a massive career. Went down in the 19s for a period of time and just yeah, well, tried, but it just wasn't good enough to make it. At Geelong? Yeah, mm-hmm. John and I was down yeah. there with Phil, Sarah and oh, okay. Larry Donahue and yeah. the Ludus boys. Man, the Ludus yeah, Ludus boys from Anglesey. Yeah, yeah Barry, yeah. Barry was there. Barry went on and played a yeah. few yeah. games. Uh, yeah, but great, great era. So you you broke out from your failed shearing career, <laughs> and and you went on to tile roofs. How, how well, did you get into that? What happened there was. Um, Obviously, working in the shearing sheds, you're away a lot, and to get a good, to get a what they call a run, Teddy, you'd be nine months, yeah, yep. moving around, yeah, because back in that era we were living in the shearing sheds, yeah, that shearers, um, shearers hut, sorry, yeah. when we were working in the shearing sheds. Yep. Were you in a crew? You're always Definitely. in a crew. Yeah, yeah, part of a yep. team, and you'd have a cook with a you. Team, yeah. it's what you hear. You, about. Mu- you must love that movie. That, look, yeah, Sunday, Sunday too, too far, far away. It's just yeah, like that. It's yeah. pretty true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and some and some places you 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 wouldn't come home over the weekend. You, you'd stay in the huts. Mm. So, I mean, I'm only 17, 18. Mm. You, know, you, you get all types in in the shearing shed. Yeah. And I had a passion for football. So you were coming back, even though you were fit in the sheds, you weren't football fit. Yeah. So coming back and playing when I could on on a Saturday, and it was just getting 
after a few years too much. So we got a job. I got a job with the Australian Wool Testing Authority. Uh, we just go around and sample all the wool and the wool the wool stores. But when it was a bit of a mecca for wool stores in Geelong, yeah, yeah, it's about four or five then. Yeah, and you would send away to get analysed, and so the, the the wool buyer would get that result, and he would know how much. Because always getting auction. Yeah. He, he would know... At the exchange, at yeah, the wool exchange. the wool yeah. exchange, yeah, yeah. Well, what he could bid for, yeah. knowing the results of the testing that we were conducting. But it was a government job, and it was good fun. So, Dad had a... Dad always said to me, if you ever become a roof tiler, I'll be that disappointed. He had so much work in the Geelong area at that particular time uh, in the 70s. He took in... Because I... I'd been roof tiling ever since I was old enough go to dad, go out with Dad for the day to get pocket money. Uh, so I had a taste of what, of course, of what it was. He taught me back in to going tiling. Um, and so I left the wool testing authority straight away. About that time I was getting $60 extra a week, straight oh, away. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, and being able to play footy. And, and that's right. Yeah. Yeah, we, were, we were three of us were living down Ocean Grove in a unit. And, um, yeah. So that's roughly around the time you started playing um, Bowen Heads. As I said, I, I came down in 74 and trained during this finals campaign after <laughs> being refused a clearance to Ocean Grove yeah. uh, from Blue West. Yeah. Uh, we should send them a card, Blue West, for... Refusing to clear Cornsey to Ocean Grove because we wouldn't have this great story to tell. Uh, we to should tell. send a car to Ocean Grove for not trying hard enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they, they tried their hardest. They, they sent a guy, there was a really um, good supporter of Ocean Grove called Alf Dixon. Yeah. And uh, he'd been, I don't know if he was a chemist or something. He was a fair yeah, yeah, that rings a bell, you man. Reckon? Yeah. He turned up at the flat. It was either a BMW or a Mercedes, and we thought we'd hit the big time, you know, and <laughs> took us around and introduced us to the Ocean Grove yeah. people. <clears throat> Two of us, and we thought, oh, my God, this is unreal. And, um, but it didn't, didn't eventuate, and I'm, I'm all the better for it. Mm. Yeah, God, I would have hated to play against you. <laughs> wow. Jeez, I did not cop it the first game from over the oh, fence. Over yeah. the fence, Teddy, not really? on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Over the fence. I don't know how the word got around. I, would, like, I only trained there a couple of times. Yeah. It's only training. <clears throat> so you must have played all right, because if they noticed you over the fence, it, yeah. if, you're not, if you're not playing any good, they don't give you much well, chop, do they? I, I don't realise. He got blonde hair. Yeah, I was just about to say the blonde hair. He had the rig. still got the rig. Yeah, and then... Yeah. And then you, you, I don't know what it is, but if and you got if you got a couple of kicks, you got it even went they even went harder at yeah. you from across the fence, Teddy. Not, yeah. not you didn't. I didn't mind how hard they tried went to come at you on yeah. the ground, yeah. but the abuse that you copped across. Where I come from, you, you hardly even hear it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there probably wasn't anyone yeah, there. Knows. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So that, that was a little bit uh, bemusing. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, how did you how did you come get the number eight? Because you were, you loved your number eight. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Just got handed it. You didn't request yeah, look, it. Or? I can't. I, I've got no recollection as to why I chose it. Uh, just whether it was handed to me. Or yeah. I, I, I don't think I was. I wasn't wearing that in Evelyn Hurst. Yep. Yeah. Not sure to uh, to answer your question. Yeah. 
how it all originated. So when you played in Evelyn Hurst, where did you play? What position did you play? I played mainly centre and wing. I was more like <clears throat> I'd pick up the, the better players. In like there was a Paddy McMahon from St Mary's, a legend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phil Stringer from Thompson. Yeah, yeah. We played, and then it's funny we played in on each other a lot. Yeah, Phil was named the number one Ballerine footballer yeah. of all time yeah. during yeah. the week. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and and on the wing. Yeah. yeah. And then when you came to, to Barwon Heads, the, oh, pretty yeah. much the same. Nearly every position on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I remember you playing. <laughs> I remember you playing mostly on a, off, a, off the half-back mm. line. Yeah, played full-back, centre-half-forward, yep. forward-pocket, centre. Played a lot of games at centre. I loved yep. it. Loved it. You, yeah, good setup for a centerman being a lefty. Mm. Yeah, a lot, lot of centermen, good centermen, the lefties, and because yep. they just go that other way, don't they? It sounds silly, Teddy, but the, the hardest ground to play the game on, I thought, was our own ground. Yep, it's just such a small ground. So mm. small, no pockets. Yeah, it, you just, you just, you know, felt a breath of fresh air when you played on the Torquay ground, for yeah. instance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, spot on. I love playing at Bowenheads. Only thing with Newcombe was a great ground, but it was always wind affected. Yeah, yeah. it was always muddy, and so mm. was Anglesey. It was yeah. always heavy. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. so. There's was a lot of turf, but it was heavy. Mm. Yeah. Um, but that was another great yeah, ground. I used to love playing on. Yeah, mm. I remember playing at Anglesey, and they, I think it was the Thursday night. They had the tractor out there mowing the lawns, and the tractor got bogged. Yeah, and they had to get something else out to. Pull it out, and it was just a quagmire that afternoon. Well, playing footy at, at Blue West on Baker's Oval, yep. it was such a breath of fresh air to come down here and play on a sandy base yeah. ground. In at Blue West, you'd fall through the cracks in pre season, the ground was yep. that dry, yep. and then during the winter period, didn't have a blade of grass you'd, on it. You'd be ankle deep in, in yeah. mud. Yeah. I remember as a kid going past that oval and looking at the oval thinking, how could you play footy on it mm. every week? Yeah. And then you'd come off the ground down here at Bow and Heads, nearly in the same condition as you went on. Yeah. You know, because it's a sandy based ground. Yeah. And, and even if you got a huge downpour and there'd be puddles, within 20 minutes, they'd be gone. They'd be gone. Yeah, exactly. No, it was great. So it was another bonus. That was a bonus for our club, even though it was such a small ground. It was really good conditions. So, and you. You did, you did manage to to wangle one premiership at the Bowenheads Footy Club. The yes. Play, remember the 1987 yep. Reserves Premiership team? We, I'd actually retired and Alan Fry was coaching. I'd, I'd given the game away and he got in my ear to come back and I didn't really... So I, then you had... You were playing well and seconds were playing well but then you had to qualify. Mm. I, I was dragged in kicking and screaming... I'm not really want to play anymore, Al. So, but then it got to the stage where if you're going to play in the finals, you've got to qualify. So then, got to play one thing into another, yeah. and we end up winning the granny. Yeah, yeah. Mm. that so. was a that was a great team. That one, yeah, it was yeah. a pretty good team. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was a, a great. What what are your what are your um, memories of that famous last quarter? Do you remember much about the game, Johnny Starr? Yeah. Put his head where you wouldn't put your boot. Yeah. yeah. He, he, I don't know how many times he, he, he got hurt yeah. not being a big guy. Yeah. Um, Rob, never, never showed it, though, did he? Rob Petho. Yeah. Lear rising. Like, 
not knowing he's leirising. Yes. <laughs> You're not realising that he's <laughs> Just doing what he does. Yeah. <laughs> yep, Gabo. Yep. In and under. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. he was very underrated too, Gabo. Yeah. Arch. Of, no, Dave. Dave, yeah. Dave yeah. yeah. played very yeah. well yeah. that day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of experience too that, you know, like yourself and Fry, Kenny Mack played in it. Um, you know, those those blokes have been around for a long time and um, helped steer the ship. You know, I, it's funny. I find difficult to recall certain things, you know, games that you played in. And I thought there was maybe there's something wrong with my headspace. The night Graham got inducted, Robert Harvey got inducted on the same night from yeah. the Securita legend. Yeah. Bruce McAvaney asked him, you know, do you remember such and such? And he, he played something like over 300 yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. 360, would that be right? Yeah, Robert Harvey. Yeah. And yeah. He, said, he said in front of everyone, look, I've played that many games, I can barely remember any instances that, that, that occurred during games. Yeah. And I'm like, bingo. I'd be in the showers after the game and Teddy would ask me something, or oh, did you see what we remember? We'd... Like, you hadn't had a beer at that stage. Yeah. And, I could, and I couldn't recall the instances immediately after the game. You get yeah. caught up in the yeah. moment. Yeah, you do, yeah. So yeah. I'm a bit vague on that granny, Teddy. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, fair, it's, that's, a fair, that's a fair skill to have, too, if you get dragged into a tribunal, isn't it? Did you ever get reported? Seriously? No, did you, no, no, we always ask that question of our guests. Yes. Yeah? No. And how'd you go? Not very well. No. <laughs> Not very well. And More than once? Yeah. Correct. And, and, and it was always from retaliation. And uh, I was a bit dirty on that. But anyway, I don't know why at times he played a bit angry. Uh, I'd like to play and think I was a ball player until some, such time someone would... Either yeah. backhand you, yeah, yeah. Um, and whether it's a matter of not wanting to be a doormat, he's going to come and do. It. If you take it once, he's going to keep doing it all day. Yeah, stand, stand that person up, and uh, yeah. But unfortunately, I caught caught my fair share of suspensions. Yeah. And the old, I'm, not, the I'm old, not proud of. The old thing was though, like you, you know, you you get one and you give one back, and that'd be it a lot of the time. But sometimes you get one and you give one back and then it's right in front of the umpire and yes. he can't do anything to the report. Well, yours, or, you, or the one you give back's better than the one you yeah, got. that's right. And yeah. the umpire I goes, well, yeah, I saw the one that he got, but the one he gave back was a bit bit hotter. Yeah. I remember um, going to punch the football in a Battle of the Bridge game at Ocean Grove, one game where I missed the ball and got the opposing player in the forehead. And... Um, Legitimately tried to hit the ball and missed and hit Johnny Williams in the forehead. Greg Williams' yep. little he brother. He was a coach, I think, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, he, he was a massive taken, man and geez, he, he could play. Taken kindly to anyway, that. Anyway, yeah, hit him right in the forehead and probably about four or five minutes later I picked the ball up in a pack and went to come out and he shirt fronted me straight up the middle, Can't sat believe. me on my ass. Then he bent down, grabbed me by the scruff of the neck, picked me up off the ground and said, we're even. Good. And I went, good. Went on you know, a bit groggy and sort of thing, but that's the way it was. You and know. you have a beer with him in the yeah, rooms exactly afterwards. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, Correct. yeah, yeah. I don't, is that still going, Teddy? Do they have 
like I know the point oh five rule. I don't know about in the in the players' rooms, but up up in the club, club most, most most the opposition yeah, teams great. come up into great. the rooms. Yeah, yeah. Um, after that battle of the bridge, that they were there, the umpires were there. It was uh, was terrific. I mean, you know, they they do tend to come up more often when they beat you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. Like right. the, the, I was in the rooms after the Torquay game, and they have a lot of the time they have. You know, they, they play for something now. You know, they've got the Bowen Hits Talk E game where they play, play for, for the surfboard. surfboard. And, um, you know, there's a little presentation and, you know, they always do the old school stuff like around the grounds and who the better player was. Jimmy Goddard was uh, the start of that, didn't he? What's that award called, Teddy? It's the yeah. Reef to Surf or something? Oh, you know, I'm not 100% <sighs> sure. Um, it's the, I reckon it's the 13th Beach versus Bells. Something, yeah. something yeah. like that, yeah. and it's sponsored by. He initiated it. Yeah, it's sponsored by Barnett's Hotel mm. and the Torquay Hotel. Yeah, who were both uh, owned by the Taylor the family. family. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, having said that, it was a different time, um, and the game was played. Even though I've always said ballerines are much more gentlemanly football than maybe the GDFL is, which was always played at a harder. More physical level, and not always, uh, not always within the rules. And ballerine sort of wasn't like that. There was still some danger out there, and there still were blokes that you had to be able to stand up to. It was contact and, sport. And yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. I've never played GDFL, so you know. As I said, you took me under your wing when I was a younger bloke. One of the things you said to me a couple of times out in the field is, "You don't have to cop that." Mm. Like somebody you do something, no, you don't have to wear that. You you, you can retaliate to that. You don't have to mm. wear that. And I I always felt like with you around and there's a couple of other guys that I felt like I, as a younger bloke, or right, someone's got my back here. I'm okay. Like if I do if I do retaliate and then all of a sudden I get another one, there'll be somebody there to look after me. What you're trying to say there, Teddy? The ball's the object. Yeah. And and there's players out there. That, that run at the man. Mm. I, I, I don't care. I don't call that tough. No. You know, the ball player is the tough player. Yeah. Taking yeah. Absolutely. Like, like and you that mentioned would earlier, make me, like nothing would make me more angry than than the opposition taking his eye off the ball and targeting Picking one off, yeah. It would make me see red straight mm. away because yeah. it's, a, it's an even contest and he's trying to cheat. Yeah. That's cheating in my yeah. book. Yeah. And yeah. I won't agree. cop it, even today. Cornsey, what was your um, method when, um, so you played for a long time, you retired, you came back, played in the premiership team, you are on the committee for a long time, <coughs> chairman of selectors for a while there. Correct. In the 90s. And um, pretty recently, you've been coaching the under... 13s, is it, or the under 11s yeah, or my, something? my grandson was coming up through yeah. the, the footy. And what sort of things are you um, teaching them about? Oh, look, you, you sort of... And how did you get roped into that? Well, through my grandson. Yeah. And through my, through my Bryony, my daughter, yeah. Um, yeah. Who's, the, who's the mother of my grandson, um, asked me, and I, th- I thought it was quite an honour to be yeah. asked to start yeah. with Nipper. You can't give him too much. Yeah, it's just you, you can't give them tactics. Like nah, you can nah. give a senior player; they've got the skill. For starters, they haven't got the skill. Yeah. So you're trying to up their level, skill level. And all it is, Nipper is just show them how to put the ball, basic stuff. Yeah. How to place the ball on their boot. 
and some of the best enjoyment, some kids couldn't, they couldn't kick 10 metres and hit a player. By the end of the season, they could kick 20 metres on the run yeah. and hit the player because yep. you've spent the time. Frustrating as it is. Yeah. It's great, though, when you're, when you're dealing with kids of that age. That It's not for the one of trying. You can see they the development. Correct. And, you, and, it's, and it's worthwhile. And like, you just take it for granted. That, that, like we, I grew up with Graham and getting knocked around and you kick the footy out in the back yep. paddock. And, and you, 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 not every kid has that ability. He, no, he yeah. hasn't got that um, older brother. Yeah. All that opportunity, yeah, you know. Well, so, some of them haven't got an older brother. Some of them haven't got a football. That's right. Yeah. And and, I'm, and you know, and they, they, girls uh, they've, in that didn't play football. So they got sisters. They the girls didn't play football. Yeah, b- yeah. back then they do now. Yeah. So it was it was like I just got so much enjoyment. That's great. And uh, like nearly bring a tear to your eye. Some of the kids that were just hardly picked the yeah. ball up, running at the ball. Yeah. yeah, they were able then, by the end of the year, be able to hit someone on the run. Yeah, no, you know, cool. and then kick a couple of goals. Yeah, you know, you, you, you're not gonna, you're not gonna go to any great level coaching under thirteens. Yeah, but the development, a bit like yourself, Teddy, of the young kid, being embraced into a team environment, and being felt, you know, so there's some kids out there haven't haven't got that feeling of. Um, Oh, togetherness. Yeah, yeah. And you embrace them in that group, mm. and they walk a bit taller they, by the end of the year. They're, they're part you know, of it. They're an important part of the kids team. Kids can't even look you in the eye at yep. the start of the year. They're having a conversation with you yep. and talking certain tactics that oh, you've cool. tried doing uh, yeah. to yeah, give that, them during the year. Like, yeah. I, I, that's, that's the enjoyment I got out of it. Yeah. yeah. How long did you do that for? Just did it for the uh, 12 months or two years. I yeah. can't remember now. yeah. And how'd you go? Oh, they don't have finals, oh, do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. got, we got. Oh, did you? We missed, we missed the grand final. We got to a prelim, but just, just missed it. Yeah. And a special time to, to spend with the grandson. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's gold. Yeah. Yeah, and and Nipper, I'm old enough to know. Like Nipper's a perfect example. He had played over 200 games, and then before he even got to senior level, I don't even know how you played senior footy after that haul. <laughs> so, to come from Barwon Heads, it was struggling to fill two, un, uh, another 15 and an under 18 side. Well, we've got three or four under 13 side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, what's not to like about that, Nipper, after what we've, we've seen in the past? Yeah. Nipper, Nipper would play under 15s. He'd butter up and play under 18, and each time he was getting flogged by 20 goals. Yeah. Because we, yeah. we just didn't have the numbers. Yeah, no, I went uh, through that myself. Yeah. And played, played. So, you know where I'm coming from, yeah, Teddy, yeah. and, and to, 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 it's just great to be part of that. Yeah. There's a whole that football club down there with the juniors development. It's it was, amazing. It's it, just sensational. It's amazing how big the club is now as a whole. I, um, I uh, was the MC at the presentation night a couple of years ago, I think it was 2017, and they held it at the president's room at the Geelong Footy Club because that was the biggest venue that they could get to do it. And there was 220 people at the senior presentation night. And I introduced myself and told them a little bit about my history that I played footy here and that sort of thing. And I said, when I was playing around the club, and you know, you, you guys were both there at the same time, we had about 200 people in the club. That's including players, netballers, 
juniors, sponsors and supporters. There was probably about 200 people. There was 200 people in that room that night and there was no juniors, there was no junior parents and there were not a real lot of sponsors in comparison to how many they got now. So that's how big the club's got now. But Owen Hands was always viewed as being a retirement village Yep. when I first came down. So they, we didn't have the juniors. We yeah. basically never had a senior. Most of our, well, not most, a lot of our senior players come from the western suburbs of Melbourne. They yeah. used to come down here to surf. Vern Fry used to get a caravan for them and they played footy just because yeah. they wanted to come here to surf. Dennis Johnson. Yeah. They just Kenny Mack. Kenny, Kenny Mack. Mack. Yeah, Neil Hanson. Nico. Yeah. Nico. Yeah, got them mm. out of the surf and yeah. took them and played footy. So we, we, well, I don't know how we, how they did it, but, but they pulled that side together. Yeah. Forget about the juniors, we just we just didn't have them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, Nipper knows more about that because yeah. hell, he's a bit younger. But yeah. um, I, I used to go down and watch a, a few games. They're the backbone of any club, what's coming through. And they're not for the life of me. Ocean Grove had a bigger pool to draw from. Yeah. They were winning grand final after grand final in the junior yeah. level. Yeah. But it, I don't know what happened, but it never transgressed into the senior grand final. It took them a long time, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. It yeah. took them, it took them over 20 years never, to win I could a never understand, because I came from a uh, uh, club that would, bl- would, you know, we had a transition period while you were a junior player yeah. that yeah. would get... As I said earlier, yeah. you get put on the bench for the for the senior game. I, I for the life of me couldn't work out why Ocean Grove didn't have that transition period. Mm. And and when they did qualify to play senior footy, they weren't the be all and end all yeah. in senior level. But they they just didn't do it. Tell you what, Corns, I was just thinking. I reckon you've got a um, a unique record at the Bowen Heads Footy Club. I don't believe that in the history of the Bowen Heads Football Club there has ever been a grandfather coach a team. I'm not sure. I don't reckon there would be. Jeez. Parents coach or volunteers coach. Very rarely would a grandfather get up and coach. I would, uh, I'm happy to be stand, stand corrected, but... I don't reckon there would be a grandfather yeah, no, that's, that's been that's out there. That's a pretty good point. I'd never thought of that. Yeah. You think there of these you things, Nipper. You're I very was good just at thinking that. about that. So yeah. the one of the things you always think about, and you always ask this question, but I, you haven't, so I'm going to... Go. Have you ever had a nickname? You never had a nickname that I can... Oh, oh, only the, the one. Yeah. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Club. I thought it was in the or, shearing, or just, in the shearing Well, yeah, in the oh, shearing oh, 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 They would have called oh, you Jolly, No. Slaughter. <laughs> Mate, I was a kid. Yeah. You know, you, you what know, did they call you? You're a minnow in, yeah. in, the, in the shearing shed. It's yeah. bloody 16, 17. Yeah. It's a butcher. No, not at all. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So you never got a nickname in the shearing shed? Uh, well, I used to wear green pants <laughs> and green shirt. I got oh. the nickname Viet Cong. Cong. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Kermit. <laughs> no, Kong. Uh, snowy, of course. Yeah. Snow. Yeah. Uh, I've got that everywhere. Yeah. But nothing else down at the, the footy club. Yeah. The only, the only the nickname I can remember is calling you Pop. I've always called you Pop. Yes. And the reason I called you Pop <clears throat> is dear old Johnny Carter. 
Johnny Carter started started that up because he was roof tiling with you, I think. Yeah, he was like, we pulled him into gear a few times when I was working with Peter Slade. It was Peter Slade's brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember his, he, one night at training he said, call him, call him Pop, he loves it. And I, so I did, and he didn't like it at no. all. <laughs> no. Johnny Carter was very good at doing things like that, yeah. getting other people into trouble. Uh, yeah, no, he, yeah. he did. Great man. And, uh, and, yeah. So I've always called you Pop since then. Yeah. It just comes out when I see you. I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's never stuck with anyone else, but, yeah. No, so. the, well, that's the only nickname I'll, I'll wear, that one then, Teddy. Yeah. That, that'd be the only one. And the other the other thing that I thought of, and we went away from it, but the number eight, he, not only did he wear the number eight, he wore it in the lace-up. Yes, the number, well, I think it's on display down at the club room. No, that's, it, no, that's Desi's, I reckon. That's 28. Oh, yeah, right. Oh, Desi's. Now, which is a lot bigger than Wayne's. It's a very contentious point. That's gone missing. Has it? You're mm. eight. And the 93 grand final, night of the 93 grand final celebrations at the pub, I stupidly took it down and give it to, because Kevin Roderick, yeah. um, Dean Roderick, sorry, yeah. Yeah. Number yeah. Eight, yeah. was wearing number eight. Yeah. Gave it to him. And I've never seen it since. Oh, oh. Well, we so, ask Dean Roderick about it. I don't, no, no, Dean feels very humble. Oh, right. No, that, so it went, that it went yeah. missing. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no reflection on Dean. He's very humble. He's very apologetic. Um, but I haven't oh. seen it since. So we, I actually yeah. instigated... Because that can't, they well, all come oh, that from was my South, question. South Australian. How did they come about? Yeah. They were a South yeah. Australian jumper. Yeah. yeah. It was a South Australian manufacturer. Yeah. I think Kim got one, Desi got one, yeah. I got one. I don't, there might have been a few others. There was, a, there was quite a few of them. Yeah. I, I ended up with one. I got given one. There you go. It was Hacker's. Remember Hacker? Yeah. And he was at the players' room yeah. the other day. And Hacker's was the only one that would fit me. <laughs> would fit me now. But I don't know. I don't know what happened. No, to mine great either. jumpers to play. In. Yeah, at I wore the time, it in juniors. We were wearing woolly jumpers. They were yeah. really easy. Yeah. But the, the, the lace couldn't up. Tackle them. Yeah. Couldn't tackle them. Yeah. yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. The reason they, they were different. They were the different reason they material. got banned was because someone got their finger stuck in the lace. In the lace. Yeah. And Correct. Broke their. They lost their finger. I think. Who was it? Yeah, I don't know. It was in the AFL. Yeah. Because Richmond used to wear them a lot. I remember Richmond had them. Dale Waitman used to wear one and all those... Yeah, a lot of them. North Melbourne had them. Kim there was a lot of blokes had them. Yeah, a lot of blokes had them. Had them. But so yeah, on, I remember I'm we the, had them. At I'm on the hunt for my oh, missing no. number eight. Okay, yeah. so if anyone's yeah, listening yeah. to the show and they yeah. know where Cornsy's number eight is, <laughs> yeah. give us a yell. There's, there's, a, there's an amnesty. I'm, there's I'm, an amnesty <laughs> on Cornsy's yeah, number eight. no questions. Yeah, no questions. I'd love to donate it back to the footy club, to be honest. they got some. they got some good memorabilia in that. Um, I was having a look at it the other day. Um, these Chooker's old light blue Balneeds Footy Club bag. Oh, I love that bag. Sitting in there. Yeah. Um, obviously, Desi's lace up. There's a few, and there was a, something in there that I've never seen in my life. And it's it's quite funny. It's a uh, it's a laminated receipt. You know, the out of your receipt book you used to have, and it's got um, for membership, and it's it's in. Shillings and pounds or whatever <laughs> shillings, well, I don't know how that shit works. But um, it was from about 1953, Unreal. and uh, the payee was my father. Oh, so it's go. got Stewie Highland, probably the only time he ever paid, paid his membership. Because <laughs> <laughs> so they used to pay weekly. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, that's right. Um, 
Yeah, no, there's some there's some good stuff down there. Yeah. Now no. the only other thing we want to talk about, we've had a, there's quite a f- number of footballers from Barn Heads who spent time working either picking up glasses or bouncing at the pub, and also over at the Colandina. And you're one of them. You spent quite a bit of time doing doing that job. How'd you get into that? Well, we've all got mortgage. We all got mortgages, mortgages, uh, Teddy, yeah. and uh, that that was a bit of way, a way to supplement um, working in the pub. Uh, started working in a bottle shop, and then just getting a bit of cash money, uh, pay the rent, uh, put food on the table, and then get deposit for your first house. Um, and then one thing led to another. Uh, the Lewises were. Um, they were managing them pretty close to uh, Nipper's Heart. Yep. The, the Bar and Heads Hotel. Then went across and managed the, um, the Colandina. Yep. So we just followed them over on their request. Um, so, yeah, I spent quite a, quite a few, number of years with Kenny Mack. And, uh, yeah, just earning the cash money. Changing. Changing. Oh, um, a lot of blokes. Macca. Yeah. What was his name? Um, Bobby Bro- uh, Brooks, Jimmy Brooks. Oh, yeah, Brooksy. Brooks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, there was a lot of them, weren't there? Oh, Ferret, Whale. Ferret, yeah. Whale. Yeah. Bobby, Bobby Berg used to run the bands yeah. over at the yeah. Colin Blair, I remember that. Called Chris Colliver. Yeah. Chris Colliver? They were instigating all the bands, and, and I look at a period you, you must have seen on. some cracking bands. Unbelievable. Umbel Taj Mahal overseas bands, yeah. uh, UB40, yeah. um, In Excess. Yeah. Aussie Crawl, do you remember seeing them? Yeah. Have oh, you what? seen the film clip? You're in You've it. You've seen it. You're in it. You are, you're in it. Yeah. Fair dinkum. <laughs> what a silly question. That film clip was made in the Torquay pub. Yeah. And the say it was an Easter weekend, the yep. Bell's Comp. They yep. got you there because you had and, the And they were, they were the band for the after party for all the, all the yep. legends that were in the surf at the time. And they actually made that. Uh, uh, the way they promoted it, there was an all in blue, but there wasn't because they, they actually filmed it during the day. Yeah. Before the night started, yeah. And were you were you working there, or did you just have your sec- added a security no, top? No, <laughs> I was working, but they just took footage, yeah, on that night and, and edited it to, to make it appear that it was pretty wild, yeah. But, it, but no. What but during that film clip, the boys light up by Aussie Crawl. Is it one minute twenty five seconds <laughs> that you come up? You, just off the top of your head? I know, the, the film's blistered now. You <laughs> <laughs> watch it so many times. Rewind, rewind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. yeah. Um, but yeah, some of the bands were sensational. Even Tina Turner played over there. Tina, yeah, Tina Turner. Cam Yeah, They were big. Um, Midnight Oil. I'm talking, which is Kate Sobrano. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So really, there's a really good Facebook page for, if yeah, anyone's interested. That. Yeah. That's uh, she was 15 at the time, around, yeah. like she, and you yeah. could just see that she was headed for something. She could really sing, couldn't yeah. she? She's, yeah. yeah, she still can. Definitely, yeah. like just a performer on stage as well as, as singing. a 15 year old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She been shouldn't have been her. allowed in the hotel. In the hotel, yeah, that's right. That's right. Obviously, we're all about the same age. In excess, I was picking up glasses though. In excess, for a sense. Sensational band. Forget were, about Michael. You were picking them up half empty and drinking them. <laughs> Forget about Michael Hutchinson, but they were just a. I don't know. I'm not a muso, but they, you could tell the difference between the level of music yeah. musician in the band 
as opposed to other bands. You just yeah. probably got yeah. an ear for it, ear yeah. for it, not realising. Yeah. They were sensational. Yeah. Not that I really, I wasn't a fan of Michael Hutchinson. But Did you get to spend any time with the blokes in, in those bands? Well, can I tell a story? Go ahead. Go we're all about um, Jimmy here. Barnes, Cole, Cole Chisel played. Yes. Did you hear this band? Did you hear this story? No, I don't think I have. Chucky well, did we tell had, us a story. Yes. So we had a mezzanine level down at the down at the uh, Coladina, and you, there was X amount because I don't know how the hell it never collapsed. No. So we there was X amount of land up on the mezzanine level, and then that was the cutoff, and so you had to stop people. From going up the stairs because it was it was OH&S yeah. wasn't even in back then. Yeah. But just you could just see it. the floor was flexing. Yeah, Barnsley's doing his thing. Like the whole room is going off. Cold chisel was just at its best, and the rooms flex and the floors flexing on the mezzanine level. We were really concerned at that time because he just he was. Talk about stage performer. Yeah. Barnsley was one of the best. Yeah, yeah, He took... He had one of those microphones, Teddy, I don't know, what do you call them, remote mic? Cordless, cordless yeah. mics. Yeah, yeah, they were one of the first bands anywhere yeah. to use them. Yeah. Okay. So he's yeah. jumped off the stage and it was in the moment and the, the place was just going out of it. It was just out of control and he went to roar up the steps to finish singing up on the mezzanine level because it was such a... Yeah. Well... Chuka was on the steps. <laughs> there was two, the right and the left. I was on the other side. Uh. Bar- I don't know where Chuka's head was. Barnsley's running up steps with the microphone, and that was the cu- was a cut-off point about 10, 20 minutes earlier for people going up there. Yeah. He wouldn't let Barnsley up uh. the steps. He didn't recognise him. Yeah. Yeah. Can't I believe him. I mean, we all said. We're right. shouting the chugger across the room, which is probably a waste. <laughs> it's bar- chugger, it's Barnsley. Bar- I don't care who you are, you're not coming chugger, upstairs. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The amount oh, yeah. of people in the area that you, when they, you talk about that era, that weren't even part of Ocean Grove Bar and Heads, just can remember all the bands that we had. It was oh, yeah. carloads coming down down the highway to come when there was a good band on. Correct. There. Yeah. 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 I remember the lead singer at UB40. I thought he was going to jump off the stage and fly into someone. Someone was giving him grief in the crowd. Uh-huh. Uh, and then I've heard other places, venues that he's had, he's had, uh, had arguments with people. Wow. I think it was Scottish or Irish yeah. or something. Um, Probably the Irish, I reckon. A bit, yeah, a bit. Now, I reckon it's time for us to work out a couple of things. Yes. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! We've got to the point in the evening where you and I get to guess <coughs> what Cornsy's lie was. You just just run us through again because okay, the listeners right. may not remember. He was captain of the Barrel Heads. He actually said he was captain of the Barrel Heads. He didn't yeah. say the footy club or anything like that. Okay. I don't remember him being captain of the Fire Brigade. Yeah. He didn't play cricket. <laughs> Football club. Yeah, and there's no the surf club's not bowing heads. No. So, yeah, yeah. so they don't beat. Um, ten goals in a game. He's definitely done that because he told us. Yeah, he told us he'd done that. That's right. Um, he was born in Lawn. Well, I know he was born in Victoria. So it's had a captain of the Valnets Football Club and born in Lawn. And I vaguely remember Cornsey captain and team, I reckon. And I reckon I played in the game, possibly. 
I reckon he was vice captain. And if I'm wrong, my memory's worse than Cornsy's. <laughs> so I'm going with the lie is that he was born in Lawn. Yeah, that's the one I thought too. Although he did tell us he was born in Victoria. I knew that. I knew yeah, that. So knew, the lie was they're all born in Victoria. Yeah. yeah. So the I, I remember one of South Australia's greatest footballers ever. Yeah. Graham Corns. Yes. Was born in Victoria. Yes. And hates us. Yeah. Just hates us. Bloody can't crow, can't yeah. stand us. Do you reckon he'll listen to this? Absolutely. G'day, I'm Graham. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> and, sure. And Kane. Yeah. And I'll just reiterate that one. The greatest corns ever is Wayne. Oh. Yeah. Who, who said that? Who said the greatest corns was Wayne. Me. Oh, yeah. Oh, he sorry. Said, yeah, 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 that's yeah, what yeah. he says. I was going to say. Yeah, so, no, which one's the line, Wayne? I was, you're right, Nipper. I was vice captain. I was never captain. Oh, yeah. Damn. Damn. Um, I remember you being vice captain, I and I just thought maybe you filled in. So you were born in Lawn? In a house in Lawn. In a house in Lawn. The nearest hospital was Colac. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, back then, they didn't probably have a good good vehicle, but <laughs> it ended up getting... And the house is still standing behind the Cumberland. Oh, wow. So that's my claim to It wouldn't fame. be worth much now anyway, would it? No, oh, my see. goodness. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Has it got a plaque at the front? It looks sensational too, Nipper. Yeah, yeah gold. Graham can remember. He, he was old enough to remember something that Dad wrapping me up in his... They wore great coats then. Yep. That, I can't remember anything, of course. Um, I can't even remember being there. <coughs> Graham can. Yeah. Big veranda. I can't remember being born either. No, no, but I mean <laughs> afterwards, you know, yeah, I was too uh, young. Yeah. We weren't there all that long, long period, yeah. but Graham was old enough to remember. Certain wow. aspects. So we, we actually we've spoken about your dad a few times. <clears throat> your dad's got something that's not totally unique, but very unusual about his life, and um and that is that he lived to be over a hundred years old. Hundred and one. Hundred and one. Yeah, that's fantastic. That was, and real. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, great... you'd hope to live that long, Cornsey. Yeah. Look, Another twenty years <clears throat> for you. Yeah. Was he a good footballer? Your dad? No. No. Played in the twos at lawn. Yeah. But he was a, had a bit of a musical background. And yeah. Graham recalls certain things that he played at the Pacific. There's two yeah. pubs in Lawn. Yeah. 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 He played in the pub at uh, the Pacific. Some instrument, I, yeah. I can't remember which. But he was a trainer, a really good trainer before his time when we went to Adelaide, the club called um, Plumpton. Plumpton or Plimpton? Jeez, I can't remember now. But he was before his time with, you know, glucose, you know, oh, yeah. bringing him yeah. out at three quarter time and oh, okay. horse. He was a big horse liniment. Yes, penetrine. Yeah. Yeah. He was a yeah. big bullet because yeah. Dad was a Victorian copper at one stage in his period, and he was in all divisions, and one of them was the mounted division. <clears throat> and he was a big believer in the horse liniment and yeah. uh, penetrine. We used to use it all the time, um, but. He had really good insights in the, uh, he was a thing, even though he wasn't a, such a good sportsman himself, he, he, he taught us a lot how to play the game, yeah. especially Graham. You talk about Graham, we played at Renella, junior Colts under 16s, and um, they, the club could see Graham's talent, asked Dad if he could play in the senior no way, because Graham was built like, well, he still is. He's 
Mm. Very light. Very light. Yeah. And he was, yeah, Dad thought he'd be too too light to play, step up in the senior footy. Unbeknownst to Dad, <coughs> Graham was playing under 16 and buttering up and playing in the seconds. Yeah. So that's all well and good. Dad didn't didn't used to go to the games. Dad was always working every Saturday. But it all fell apart at the end of the year. Graham ended up winning the best and fairest <laughs> in the seconds. Oh. <laughs> oh, there you go. So he had to fess up. <laughs> He'd been playing all yeah, year. There's a very similar story to that <laughs> about Charles Brownlow. When yeah. he was at Geelong playing football, and his father wouldn't allow him to play football. But he used to go down and he used to play under someone else's name. Mm. And um, his father came to watch a game once. Someone said, your boy's doing well. I said, oh, he's, he, he went under the name Brown or something like that. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So tell us about your ten goals in a game. Uh, I was playing for Junior Colts at Morva Vale, yeah. and which is the next, uh, which is the, like West Adelaide, which is West Adelaide jumper, um, yep. Essendon jumper, black yep. and red. Rinelli used to be the Hawthorne jumper, and uh, Junior Colts before I came over here, of course, and kicked, kicked ten against uh, Kangarilla. Wow, yeah. which is any points. I'm not sure. I just can't remember. I was pretty, pretty chuffed when um, every morning at high school, the teacher would, class teacher would ask what happened on the weekend. Wow, you reckon I couldn't wait yeah. to split over? Shall we tell Yeah. <laughs> I kicked ten. I kicked ten on the weekend. Oh, yeah. yeah. So sorry to disappoint you, Nibra. What was your best haul at Bowen Heads? Five, and guess against who? A five-three actually. Five-three, eight shots on goal. Against um, Ocean Grove. Against the Grove. Yeah. Nice. You win. Thank, thank you very much. Did you win? Yeah. Yep. 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 Usually do when you're off the back of someone kicking five goals. Nipper, nipper, nipper. <sighs> yes. Got a question for you. Yes. What Dave. did you learn today? Well, Teddy, there's a few things I knew about Cornsy, and there's a few things I did learn about Cornsy today. One of them was that. He was a shearer of sheep in a past life. Of sorts. The other thing that I learnt today, and I think Cornsy's about to learn it too, that he could probably break up a lamb too because he started cutting it open and, you know, getting uh, getting the flanks open and ready to go and that sort of thing. So he's not far from breaking up and getting some lamb chops out. And, and mince, mincing the offal with the comb as well. Yeah. Well, well, may you two laugh, but I have feelings too. You know? <laughs> oh, that's all right. God. God. Oh, no. For a six, I feel sorry for the 16-year-old you, Wayne. Who yeah. must, you must have been mortified. Did you cop a, did you cop a bit of no, stick for it? Well, there's a bit of a... Um, what happened was... What did you do with the lamb? Did you eat it? Good question. That's what I'm about to lead okay. into. Well, he bled it out. It's a bloody good question, Nipper. <laughs> so anyway, so the sheep finishes. I don't know how long the sheep was, two weeks. The, the cocky, the owner of the farm, then goes to the shearing contractor and wants to deduct the price of the carcass out of my pay. <laughs> Oh my God! Here I'm, 16 year old. I'm in the in this. I'm the centre of this bloody grief. I couldn't find a hole for digging up, big enough to you know to hide in. So okay, so the union get involved because every club, every shed you do, yeah, and there's a union rep. Yep. 
Yeah. In, in, in the team that you travel around Victoria or where interstate, yep. there, there is a union, appointed union rep. Yep. Steps in. Okay. Well, if the young Wayne has to pay for the sheep, he's entitled to the carcass. Young Kong. Young Kong. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's at the end of the shed. And then what was left was a, was a hindquarter hanging in the gallows. Mm. So the argument didn't go anywhere because they, they fed the carcass to the, the dogs. dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it was a... So you should have said, I'll, bit I'll, of a scenario. I'll have the carcass. Yeah. It's inside your best dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I was happy to get off scot-free, yeah. oh, Teddy. Okay. I was going to make a noise. Yeah. So what I learned today, Nipper, was that that I didn't know that Wayne was a wool classer, a qualified wool classer, although he never classed a shed himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he does have a stencil. I uh, have. So what I've learned is that every wool classer has their own stencil, apparently. Yeah. I did not know that. You start off as a papationary, like it's, yep. it's a map of... Like, yeah, it's a map of Australia, perforated, because yep. each bale of that shed that you class, it, it gets stenciled on each bale. Yes, so it's a perforated Australia. Yep. You start off with a probationary licence. Yep. And then you go into a full licence. So I've still got unmarked <laughs> probationary licence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. So yeah. there's a bit of a bit of a tradition in, in the industry. Yeah, I bet yeah, there a is. A good mate of mine, we went, went through school together. He's got his 50-year classing stencil, which yeah. is another stencil. Oh, so you've oh, oh, been doing it for 50 years. So, you get, oh, yes, wow. That's yeah. That's, well, I, so I didn't know about that. But, yeah. So that's what I learned. I also learned that Cornsey is old enough to have played in the Evan, Evelyn Hurst League, yeah. which is uh, which is predates Ballerine. So, which a few of our of our um, uh, no. guys guys no, Evelyn Hurst kept going. Yeah, no, I, I realised that, but it was it was going before oh. Ballerine started. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it predates it. The, yeah. So what was the Evelyn Hurst and the Woolworth and? Jarman, there was a few different ones that had iterations. So I reckon it might be time for you to uh, give us your last hurrah. So ladies and gentlemen, pick up your ass, pick up your glass, stop your talking and start your walking. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Thanks very much, Cornsy. That was a particularly good episode. I really enjoyed it. I hope that our listeners will. We really appreciate your time. Uh, as I said at the start, you've been uh, one of my mentors through through my footy career and through my footy life, and you've always been a big part of the footy club while I've been around the place, and it's been great to have you on, and we really appreciate having you here, so thanks for coming along. My pleasure, Teddy. Thanks, mate. Thanks. Good on you, Corsi. Great to have you. Good on you, mate. Thanks, Nipper. Well done. See you later. On a personal note, this was a very pleasing episode for me. As I mentioned in the chat, Wayne was one of the older players who made a point of taking me and a couple of other junior players who were transitioning to senior footy under his wing many moons ago. I learned a great deal about the caper from him and his love of the footy club and the game were as evident back then as they are today. I've always held him in very high regard and this was a very pleasing episode to have. I hope you enjoyed it and that you learned a lot. I know I did. 
Thanks again to the Beach House and to their staff, to Nipper, to Wayne for his valuable time, and to you guys for listening. Thanks very much. Go Heats. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And time is called and we must piss off. <laughs>